Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is an apostrophe podcast production. is We Regret to Inform You, The Rejection Podcast. From the first day I picked up a basketball, they told me to give it up. I was too small. Muggsy Bogues. One Saturday in 1995, a parade made its way through Old East Baltimore. 30,000 people gathered along eight city blocks, and two dozen bands played. It wasn't a carnival, or Thanksgiving, or the 4th of July. No, it was the day the city would demolish six high-rise buildings in just 20 seconds. Those six buildings were part of Lafayette Courts, known around town as The Projects. At noon that day, a button was pressed that set off a series of explosions, turning one of the largest housing complexes in the country into nothing but a pile of rubble and a swirling cloud of smoke. Across the crowd were a range of reactions. Some cheered, some cried. It was an emotional moment for the city because those buildings were a part of Baltimore's history but a history many residents were happy to see demolished. 
Forty years earlier, Lafayette Courts was built in an effort to ease Baltimore's rising crime rate by helping solve its homelessness problem. It was a state-of-the-art complex featuring beautiful gardens, ceramic tiles, modern fixtures, push-button elevators, and panoramic views of the harbor. But over time, it became dilapidated, with broken-down elevators, overflowing trash cans, and bullet holes in the walls. It was completely overtaken by crime, mainly gang and drug-related crime. Lafayette Courts became the fuel on the very fire Baltimore was trying to put out when it first laid the foundation in 1955. Back then, it was intended to provide families with the promise of a better life. One of those families was the Bogues. In the late 60s, Elaine and Richard Bogues moved into the 10th floor of one of the Lafayette Courts towers. Both Baltimore natives, they got married and together had four children. The youngest of the brood was named Tyrone. Growing up in the projects, Tyrone Bogues learned quickly that everyday life was a matter of survival. Anything and everything in the neighborhood could be used as a weapon. A gun, a baseball bat, an ice pick. So Bogues learned early how to avoid trouble. Instead of taking the elevator, he'd walk up 10 floors before sliding into their apartment door and locking it behind him. He said all it would take was about two seconds to get into a dicey situation or be killed. So a 30-second elevator ride was a dangerous eternity. But when trouble is all around, one is bound to find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. That day came for Bogues when he was five years old. A fight broke out on the street outside Lafayette Courts, and suddenly there was a loud smash, like broken glass. So Bogues and a group of neighborhood kids all went outside to see what was going on. Turns out, a couple had gotten into an argument and thrown a brick through their neighbor's window. Well, that neighbor wasn't happy. He came barreling outside pumping a shotgun before immediately firing into the crowd, including at the children. The crowd dispersed immediately, everyone running in different directions. Five-year-old Bogues darted across the nearby front yard, but he tripped in the mud, and he was shot in the arm, thigh, shin, and calf. All Bogues remembers from that day was bleeding profusely in an ambulance and wondering if he'd ever see Lafayette Courts again. When he got to the hospital, doctors started tending to his wounds, but they quickly realized they weren't removing bullets. Turns out, the man who had shot him had loaded his gun with pellets, meaning Bogues would be okay. Although, the doctors couldn't remove them all. A few pellets were too deeply lodged in his bicep to extract safely. So Bogues would go the rest of his years with a reminder of the fragility of life planted firmly in his right arm. Three years later, on Christmas Day 1973, there was a small box from his godmother under the tree. Bogues unwrapped it only to find inside a deflated orange basketball. He immediately pumped it full of air and ran outside to the nearest court. In the middle of Christmas morning, 
in December in Baltimore. That ball became his best friend. He took it everywhere. He dribbled it up those 10 flights of stairs after school and back down them to take out the garbage, trash bag in one hand and ball in the other. He even slept with the basketball on his pillow. His older siblings often played pickup games with the other neighborhood kids. But Bogues was never picked for teams because he was the youngest and therefore the smallest. So he'd have to sit on the curb and watch. But even there, they'd taunt him for his size, joking that even sitting on the curb, his legs would dangle in the air. He says his eight-year-old sensitive soul was hurt by their comments. But it was okay. He'd grow. Eventually, Bogues got tired of sitting on the sidelines. So he and his friends that were his age decided to make their own teams and their own basketball court. They cut the bottoms out of milk crates and strung them up onto a chain-link fence as baskets. Bogues says if he wanted to play, he'd have to get creative. So milk crate basketball games became his thing. He wasn't big enough to block the taller players, so he appointed himself the position of point guard. Point guards are traditionally the smallest player and the best ball handler on the team. He decided when everyone else went high, he would go low and become a disruptor, constantly stealing the ball from his opponents. He made sure to do the most damage when the older kids were watching. And sure enough, Tyrone Bogues started getting noticed. Soon the older kids were recruiting Bogues to their teams, and he started earning a reputation as an aggressive defender. So aggressive, in fact, that one of the older players he looked up to started calling him Muggsy, because the way he mugged his opponents for the ball was almost criminal. Bogues did not like that nickname. He thought it made him sound violent, but everyone in the neighborhood had a nickname. It was actually a sign of respect. It meant that for the first time, someone was praising his basketball prowess. So from then on, whether at Lafayette courts or on the basketball court, Tyrone would be called Muggsy Bogues. Just down the street from the projects was the Lafayette Recreational Center, There, Bogues and his friends would go after school to run around and shoot hoops. And there, they befriended the manager, a man named Leon Howard. Howard took the kids under his wing. A former varsity basketball player back in the day, he took it upon himself to finesse the boys' game. They'd learned the basics themselves out on the blustery neighborhood courts. But Howard could offer them ball handling skills, defensive footwork, chest passes, strength, and conditioning. There was only one net in the rec center, so they kind of had no choice but to focus on drills. But Howard saw potential in that group of boys. He also knew the rec center was a safe and healthy outlet for kids who might otherwise lead very difficult lives. So Howard pooled his own pennies and bought a second net. That day, he started Baltimore's first-ever house league. They couldn't afford jerseys, so they borrowed some from the softball and baseball teams. A short walk from the Lafayette Rec Center 
was a school called Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School, known simply as Dunbar. The school was known for churning out amazing athletes. Around town, the Dunbar varsity basketball players, called the Poets, were celebrities. Everyone went to see the Dunbar Poets games, and every preteen in the stands wanted nothing more than to sport that gold and maroon jersey. The coach, Bob Wade, was a pillar of the community. A former Dunbar poet himself, he was steeped in that community in such a way that no prospective player could ever go unnoticed. But Wade never had to recruit a single one. When every Baltimore kid with talent wants to play on your team, you get your pick of the litter. Wade did hold open sessions in the fall, free to anyone in the community that wanted to play a pickup game in the Dunbar gym. It was his way of keeping an eye on his future poet prospects. He'd often come up to Bogues and his friends and ask, so how many years until you're going to be playing for me? Their faces would light up. As the years went by, Bogues watched his friends sprout long arms and long legs. Yet, when he turned 10, he just stopped growing. Bogues maxed out at 5'3". On the one hand, he didn't know why he'd expected anything different. His mother was 4'11", his father 5'7", and his siblings stood everywhere in between. The genetic odds were stacked against him. On the other hand, he hoped maybe, if he wished extra hard, he would be the exception. The contrast between him and his friends became more and more stark. To many, watching Bogue stand on the court next to his peers was hilarious, and their laughter started affecting his confidence. There were many nights where he'd go home to his mom, crying, telling her how cruel the other kids were that day. But she told him not to let them steal his joy. He needed to just put his head down and play. She said he may have been the smallest one on the court, but he had the biggest heart. But soon, a phone call would shatter Bogue's big heart into a million pieces. And we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When Bogues was 12 years old, the phone rang at his house. News came that his father had been arrested for armed robbery, and a short while later, his father was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison. Bogues was shocked. What he didn't know was that his father struggled with drug addiction and had become involved in using and selling drugs for some time. Overnight, his mom became a single mother, tasked with supporting her four children on her own. So she took night classes to earn her high school equivalency diploma and began working as a secretary. Bogue said she did what she had to do, and he would have to do the same thing. He looked around Lafayette courts and realized the life expectancy in the projects was just 20 years old. He was already over halfway there. He said people were getting stabbed on the street, beat up in alleys. Gunfire was as common as dogs barking. Bogues had permanently scraped elbows from having to dive underneath cars on the walk to school to avoid being shot. Using drugs as an escape or a way to make ends meet would soon claim many of his friends. Everywhere he looked, he could see his future, and it was bleak. Everywhere but the rec center. In an effort to avoid the fate of his father, Bogues threw himself into sports. He played basketball, he took up baseball and football, he ran track, he played pool and ping-pong, and even won a statewide ping-pong tournament. His hand-eye coordination was off the charts. Bogues was clearly athletic, the type of person that could take up any physical activity and excel. But he really excelled at wrestling. In junior high, he became the state junior wrestling champion in his weight class. No one yelled short jokes at him while he was on the mat. So his wrestling coach did everything in his power to encourage Bogues to shelve his basketball aspirations and instead focus on the more realistic choice. But his heart wasn't in wrestling. It was on the basketball court. People around him told him it was insane to pursue basketball over wrestling at five foot three. But he didn't listen. If he wanted a different life from his father, he knew what he'd have to do. He'd have to play ball for Dunbar. His family could never afford for him to go to college. If he played for Dunbar, he'd have a chance at a scholarship. A scholarship meant a college degree and a degree meant getting himself and his family out of the projects. 
In his house league basketball games, the opposing players and coaches would often make comments about Bogue's height. But his own coach, Coach Howard, never once doubted his abilities. Howard knew Bogues was an exceptional defender with a high IQ, and he pushed him to understand the nuance of the game. Soon, more and more people started coming to the rec center games to, quote, watch the little fella play. His size became not a spectacle, but a truly remarkable sight because of how low he could go and how seamlessly he could steal the ball. By the time he was 13 years old, his games were standing room only. After practice, he'd stay late with just his coach and a ball. Howard would stand in front of Bogues holding a broomstick in the air, teaching him how to shoot over top of tall players. And that year, Muggsy Bogues was named the league's most valuable player. In the 1970s, Baltimore middle schools were composed of grades 7 through 9. High school started in grade 10. So in the ninth grade, Bogues was keen as ever to attend every single Dunbar game, studying the players and the plays to be as prepared as possible for his debut next year. In the finals, Dunbar lost in triple overtime. And as the poets filed off the court, cradling their heads in their hands, their coach, Bob Wade looked up at the crowd and locked eyes with Bogues. In that moment, they both knew. If Bogues had been on the court that night, Dunbar would have won. Next year, when Bogues joined the team, they could be champions. That summer, Bogues hyped himself up for his first ever year in a poet's uniform. Then, something completely unexpected happened the East Baltimore school districts were rezoned. Bogues was no longer eligible to play at Dunbar. Instead, he'd have to go to Southern High School across town. Bogues was devastated. He'd idolized Dunbar players his whole life. Dunbar was the school with the reputation to get players in front of college scouts. Dunbar had the coach with the vision to start a five-foot-three point guard. Dunbar was the only place that gave him a shot at a different life. He spent the 10th grade heartbroken. He continued attending Dunbar games, watching from the stands as his friends from the rec center played on the team he was supposed to join. They were missing a point guard. It was supposed to be him. Bogues felt powerless. Until one day, he found a loophole. In the city of Baltimore, if a public high school student wanted to pursue a specific field of study that wasn't offered at their designated school, they were allowed to transfer to one that did. And Dunbar offered a course that wasn't available at any other high school, dentistry. So five foot three Bogues told the district he wasn't trying to be a basketball player. He just wanted to be a dentist. His request was accepted. The paperwork was drawn up, and though he wasn't happy he'd have to wait until the following September to transfer, it was a relief. It seemed a number of young men discovered a passion for teeth that year. By grade 11, Bogues was back on track. 
he stepped into the halls of Dunbar High School and Coach Wade handed him a gold and maroon jersey. Finally, Bogues was officially a Dunbar poet. He was brimming with pride. Dunbar practices were a huge adjustment from those at the rec center. Coach Wade had them carry heavy sandbags and bricks while they ran drills. But Bogues also walked onto the court with his own baggage. This time, he was over a foot shorter than the majority of his teammates. He had something to prove. But with that came hunger, dedication, and laser focus. Coach Wade said from the very first practice, Bogues absolutely attacked the game. They shared an understanding of the degree of perfectionism that was required and an appreciation for the history of the Dunbar team. Bogues was there to win and uphold the school's reputation. As Bogues started his first season, he had butterflies for two reasons. First, he was nervous that maybe his critics were right. He was going to look really small out there. But he was also excited because he was looking up at the crowd instead of down from the stands. He'd made it. Wade said each night it seemed like the entire city of Baltimore came out to watch Bogues play. You couldn't take your eyes off him. And neither could the other players. Bogues' first Dunbar home game, he had 15 steals, 12 assists, and 4 points. They won that night by 54. The crowd went wild. But at away games, the crowd wasn't so welcoming. When they announced Bogue's name in the starting lineup, the entire gym would erupt with laughter. The other team, coaches, students, parents, everyone. But that's when his teammates would just look at him from across the court and say, you know what you've got to do. And Bogue says by the end of the first quarter, nobody was laughing anymore. From the day he inflated his first ball from his godmother, Bogues knew he wasn't a typical basketball player. And if he tried to play like one, he'd be a liability to the team. He'd have to carve out a space for himself on the court, one that took place mostly from the waist level down. What he'd do was carefully study the opposing point guard, learning their patterns and timing their dribbles. That way, when they went high, he could go low and steal the ball away with ease. That player would then become so worried Bogues would embarrass them on the court that it would take a toll on their mental game. Pulling their focus would make his opponents hesitate, shaving precious seconds off the clock. If you were measuring a player based solely on points scored, you'd be likely to overlook Muggsy Bogues. But if you asked his team, he was invaluable. One opponent later said, I can handle the ball pretty well, but when Muggsy's on me, I pass the ball. Once a team had played against Bogues, they knew to fear him. But every single time he played a new team, he had to prove himself all over again. The opposing players would laugh at him, taunt him, call him names. It was exhausting. But Bogues always rose to the challenge. 
When they'd see him, they thought they could take advantage of him because of his size. But soon they'd realize they were at the disadvantage because the ball was way closer to him than it was to them. And the Dunbar poets would wipe the floor with them. In his junior year, Dunbar dethroned the number one ranked team, rounding off an undefeated season at 29-0. The following summer, they entered a national tournament where Dunbar continued its winning streak, beating New York City teams with far bigger budgets and far bigger players. Bogues was awarded MVP. Through Bogues' final year of high school, the Dunbar Poets unbelievably persisted, winning 31 straight games. A 60-0 record. That record earned Dunbar the title of number one team in the nation and solidified its status as one of the best basketball high schools of all time. With so much talent on his team, Coach Wade wanted to do everything in his power to get his players in front of college scouts. So he brought his best seniors to a five-star basketball camp in Pennsylvania. There, the country's best players got to perform in front of the best coaches for a full week of drills, instruction, and a final tournament. At the end, the players were ranked, and those rankings influenced college scouts. In order to create teams for the tournament, the camp held a draft. The coaches picked numbers from a hat to determine the draft order, and Coach Wade drew first for point guards. So, naturally, he chose his own star point guard, Muggsy Bogues. But the camp director wasn't having it. He accused Wade of impairing the integrity of the draft by choosing a weak player as the first pick. Out of all the options, he couldn't believe that anyone would ever select a 5'3 player. But Wade said not only was he choosing Bogues as his first pick for point guard, he was never going to take him off the court the entire tournament. The camp director was furious. He told Wade he had ruined the tournament and to enjoy losing every single game. Wade was undeterred. Bogues knew what he had to do. Bogues' teammates said he wasn't just good that week. He dominated. He stole the ball from every player on the court. He wreaked extreme havoc defensively. And offensively, he was throwing bullet passes. Bogues won MVP and the award for best playmaker. The head of the camp who had disparaged Bogues ended up giving him the highest ranking of all, five stars. Bestowed upon the player at the camp projected to be the highest prospect for a nationally ranked college team. He called Bogues the eighth wonder of the world, adding, even Ripley wouldn't believe it. A scout from Wake Forest University had attended the five-star camp. He'd seen Bogues practicing and thought, I wonder who'd have the guts to recruit a five-foot-three guard to play big-time college basketball. Then, after watching Bogues win MVP, he thought, hey, I wonder if we have the guts to recruit him. So they made Bogues an offer. 
overall, he received offers from a dozen colleges to play on their basketball teams, including teams whose coaches had criticized him for his height in the past. He didn't choose any of those schools. Instead, he went with Wake Forest, a Division I school that offered Bogues a four-year scholarship. It was like a dream. And just like that, he was off to North Carolina. When Bogues arrived at Wake Forest, the other players thought he was someone's younger brother. When they realized he was on their team, he could feel the tension mount around him. Once again, he'd have to prove himself. And he did. Minutes after the tip-off, all tension evaporated. Bogues' talent was undeniable. Still yet, it was the first time he'd left home. And Wake Forest was a mostly white, wealthy, private university. Coming from the projects in Baltimore, it was an enormous culture shock. Many of his classmates had fancy convertibles, fancy clothes, and the silence at nighttime was deafening. Suddenly, he felt really alone and scared. As a freshman, Bogues didn't play much. Yet another feeling that was brand new to him. Wake Forest already had a senior point guard. So Bogues did what he did best. He created a space for himself where there was none. He became the team's most enthusiastic cheerleader. And over time, he started earning more minutes. Just like at high school, Bogues noticed himself becoming the main attraction. The rafters were filled with people wanting to see with their own two eyes how short the Wake Forest point guard looked compared to the other players. That he was used to. Except this time, there were commentators. The commentators at Bogues College Games never ceased to comment on his height. They'd say things like, I wonder what shoe size he wears. Three and a half? They'd make jokes about him sleeping in the drawer of one of his opponent's chests. They even wondered aloud why Wake Forest would, quote, waste a four-year scholarship on a little kid who could barely see over a table. Bogue said there was negativity coming at him from all directions. He wished they'd comment on his game, not his size. It felt like too much to handle, and he wondered if he should just quit and retreat back to Lafayette courts. But Bogues decided not to give in quite yet. If he changed his mindset, their words could become fuel. He knew that once he played, he'd prove them all wrong. It was just exhausting having to prove himself multiple times a week. By his sophomore year, Bogues kept getting more and more playing time. And by the end of that year, he led the conference in assists and steals. Soon he played his first nationally televised game, and it was one of his career bests. Bogues scored 20 points with 10 assists. By his junior year, he averaged 11 points and 8 assists per game. His trademark Muggsy Bogues defense was strong. But now, it was his offense that was flourishing. And it was that year that a career in the NBA became a realistic goal. A goal Bogues never thought he could ever pursue. Getting himself a full ride into college in itself was an outlandish thought. But now that he was there, 
there was the possibility of pushing it even further. He also started to feel more and more welcome on campus. He was like a celebrity. Yet, it didn't stop the mocking at away games. One night, Wake Forest played Duke University, and the crowd chanted, Stand up! every time Bogues had the ball. And when he was introduced in the starting lineup, other schools' bands would play the song Short People by Randy Newman through the speakers. Sigh. In his senior year of college, Bogues averaged 15 points, 10 assists, and two steals per game. He became the conference leader in steals and set the conference record with 579 career assists. Bogues won the Francis Naismith Award, presented by the Basketball Hall of Fame to the nation's most outstanding college basketball player, under six feet. He won the Wake Forest Arnold Palmer Award, dedicated to the top male athlete across all varsity sports. Bogues broke seven Wake Forest basketball records, and when he graduated in 1987, the school retired his jersey number. After college, Bogues immediately started taking part in NBA tryout camps. He joined a pro summer league where he was actually paid to play basketball for the very first time. He attended team workouts in Utah, New York, Denver, and Dallas, doing everything in his power to make a good impression. But many coaches were still skeptical, one saying Bogues would never have a shot at the pros. Then, on June 22, 1987, it was the NBA draft in New York City. Bogues traveled to New York, along with dozens of other NBA hopefuls, to sit in the crowd and pray their names got called. It was predicted that if Bogues were to get drafted, it would be late in the second round. But in the first round, the 12th pick overall, NBA Commissioner David Stern walked up to the podium. He looked down at his notes and said, The Washington Bullets select... Tyrone Bogues of Wake Forest University. The crowd roared. The television commentators called the choice obscure, but noted that Bogues was pesky and feisty. They said he caused the opposing offense a lot of problems, no matter what their height. The commentator admitted that he didn't think Bogues would make it when he first heard about him, but his talent and his stats spoke for themselves. Bogue said hearing his name felt like the entire world lifted off his shoulders. At 22 years old, 140 pounds and 5 feet 3 inches, Muggsy Bogues became the shortest player in NBA history, two full inches shorter than the former record holder. The smallest player in the league with the biggest heart. And what he would do in the years ahead of him was nothing short of amazing. Mm 
When you're an outsider, when you don't look like everybody else, when you don't fit the mold, you can be laughed at and mocked and ridiculed. A lot of very talented people stop pursuing their goals because their hearts can't take it. But Muggsy Bogues put up with all the taunts and humiliating insults every time he stepped onto a new court. Instead of letting his height derail his dreams, he made a decision. He looked for the advantage in the disadvantage. He couldn't play up above, so he excelled down low. Only 20% of the game is played at the rim. The other 80% of the time, the ball is on the floor. That's where Muggsy did his best work. The NBA players had never played against someone 5'3". They were used to playing tall men. Having to watch for a quick, waist-high player disrupted their game. Muggsy became so good at playing low, he got inside their heads. He didn't adjust to the taller players. He made them adjust to him. As one opponent said, if you don't see Muggsy, that means he's about to steal the ball. Muggsy Bogues helped lead the Charlotte Hornets to their first ever NBA playoffs in 95 and 98. He became a career leader in minutes played, assists, and steals. The latter two still stand as records today. He played for the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors, where he became a fan favorite. By the time he retired in 2001, Muggsy Bogues had left behind a remarkable, against-all-odds career. Everyone laughed when he first walked onto the court, but he got standing ovations when he walked off. Before Lafayette Courts was demolished, Muggsy bought his mother a home in Baltimore. She had always told him his height wasn't a mistake. It was a gift. When they went high, Muggsy went low. He found the advantage in the disadvantage. Never, ever give up. Tyrone Muxy Bogues. Shortest player in NBA history. Games played, 889. Minutes played, 19,768. Career assists, 6,726. When they go high, you go low. The Rejection Podcast is an apostrophe podcast production and is recorded in an Airstream mobile recording studio. This series is hosted and written by me, Sydney O'Reilly. Research, Allison Pinches. Director, Callie O'Reilly. Engineer, Jeff Devine. Producer, Debbie O'Reilly. Theme music by Ian Lefevre and Ari Posner. Major sources for this episode are listed in the show notes on our website, apostrophepodcasts.ca slash rejection. Follow us on social at apostrophe pod. If you're interested in advertising on our show, let's chat. Click advertise with us on our site. We regret to inform you this series is executive produced by Terry O'Reilly. See you next time.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.